Welcome to Dr. Ann's Relationship Radio. Listeners, we are your relationship mentor. It's five days until Christmas Eve, if you can believe that, and it's six days until Christmas Day. How are you all doing? I'm always curious about that. And by the way, if you want to send me questions, please send them to ann.shebert at gmail.com, and I will do my very, very best to respond to your questions. Sometimes we'll even get them on the air. So this week, one of my good friends, and I'm going to call her Betty because that's what I call every name to people I talk about on the program. Betty for females, Tom for males. That's just how it's going to be. We were talking the other day about her long path to overcoming holiday challenges, and she has had a really, really long one. She told me that she was brought up in a family that did not celebrate Christmas or anything else for that matter. And she said that her mom was an alcoholic and her dad spent every holiday angry with her mom and with her and her brother. Can you imagine? She told me that her mother's drinking always ruined everything, not just the end of the year holiday season. So when we started to talk about um, this and what she was going to do for the holiday at Christmas, her whole face changed right in front of me, and it went from a scowl to a smile, and I just couldn't believe the change that I was watching. And she shared that her husband's family was coming for Christmas. And, you know, for many of us, the in-laws coming for Christmas, in our mind, isn't the happiest of things. But she was really smiling, and she said she had it all planned. She said they would arrive the day before Christmas Eve, and that they loved her children, or her children loved them. And she said that on Christmas Eve, her in-laws took the entire family out to their favorite restaurant, and after dinner they went to church. And Betty told me that it was now a tradition, and that one that she had loved, and that she loves every year. And on Christmas morning, the family gets up early to see what Santa's delivered, and while they're opening gifts, the family eats a really simple breakfast of fresh fruit and bagels and coffee. And Betty said she just loves the simple breakfast because she and her mother-in-law had prepared it in the day before when they arrived. And so there was less work for Betty. And then the other thing she told me as how she changed her Christmases is her neighbor was in the catering business. And for the last three years, Betty's in-laws' gift to them had been hiring Betty's neighbor to cater Christmas dinner. And I never thought of that because I think of my own times just slaving away in the kitchen. And I thought, wow, that's a brilliant idea. And Betty told me that it was just a perfect gift because for the first time in her life, she could enjoy Christmas. And after she told me this, tears began to flow. And she went on to share that she felt so grateful for her life as it was right now. And I told Betty that so many of my patients and friends remain stuck in the regrets and abuses of holidays past. And I asked her how she created holiday traditions that give her comfort and pleasure and the, like she never experienced as a child. 
I think it's a really important thought that we carry through the next week and a half or so or two weeks about how we can create things. So during this conversation, Betty looked at me as if she was stunned by my question. She said, why, I learned that if I live in the past, I'll be miserable. If I live in the present and I'm grateful for my family and the holiday traditions that we've created, I will have the loveliest time ever. And then she turned to me and asked, why would I want to bring my horrible past into a special celebration with people I love? And that just shut me up. And I thought, wow, Betty has some really wise words. And then I thought, what many of us do, we bring the unhappy memories from the past into our present, or we long for the happy memories of the past to manifest in our present. And when they don't come into our present like we remember them, we suffer. So we kind of suffer either way. And the path away from memories that negatively color our holidays is to stay in the present and to create new traditions that are fun. We have to learn how to think out of the box, out of our old box that we used in the past, and think about, well, how would I recreate this holiday that would be meaningful and pleasurable? So here to talk about finding solutions for holiday changes is today's guest, Gail Kearns. And after working in the motion picture industry as a production coordinator and a development executive, well, I don't even know what that is, Gail started a second career in the publishing business, and that's how I know her. And currently she is the president of To Press and Beyond, which is a full-service book shepherding agency that guides projects from inception to completion. So all of you authors out there or want to be authors, listen carefully to Gail. So as president of her company, Gail provides ghostwriting, copywriting, writing for the web, marketing, and public relations. And I love what she calls herself. She calls herself a book Sherpa. I just love that. And Gail is the co-author of a cookbook, and I love the name of this too, titled The Gourmet Girls Go Camping Cookbook. I'm going to read that again because the title is so much fun. It's called The Gourmet Girls Go Camping Cookbook. (laughs) So Gail is the recipient of many prestigious awards and has traveled throughout the U.S. and abroad shepherding her clients. What a novel idea. And Gail, I want to welcome you. It's just wonderful to have you with us this morning. And before Thank you, we Anne. start, oh, you're so welcome. And before we start talking about holiday changes, what would you tell us? Would you tell us exactly what a book Sherpa is? Because I love the name so much. Sure, um, it's a name I gave to myself actually um, after many years of being called a book shepherd. Um, and a book shepherd was a term coined by Dan Pointer, who was my mentor in the publishing industry, and he was also a book futurist, and he coined the term book shepherd for about six of us, um, of his protégés, actually, who 
kind of adored him. Um, and then Dan started traveling the world um, as, a, as a speaker about the publishing industry. And um, he started collecting a lot more book shepherds <laughs> along the way. <laughs> and um, so soon there was, I don't know, over 100 or so. And I, I decided I just needed to distinguish myself from the herd, so to speak. And so I coined the term book Sherpa. Um, and it seemed quite fitting since you know what the climb is like when you're publishing a book and authors out there come to me for help. I've been doing this for maybe 20 years or so, yeah. Well, I just love the name and it sounds really comforting, Book Sherpa. <laughs> so thanks for renaming that. So, and, and Gail, I think everyone has a bit of fascination, I know I do, with the motion picture industry. And when you told me that you used to be in that, I went, wow, I'm with somebody who really knows a lot about something I have no idea about that I've always been curious about. So would you share with our listeners what that was like and exactly what you did? I will. You know, it's surely not as glamorous as everyone thinks. Um, I started in the industry as a craft service person, and this was before they had catering um, on the set of a, of a movie production. Um, so my job was to collect a few items to put into a cooler, and then the crew people would come by and grab an apple or a muffin or whatever I, I had put in there. Um, so that's how I began my career, actually. And then I was um, hired as a production office coordinator for a film being shot in St. Mary City, Maryland, called um, Voyage of the Mayflower, which I think showed on television every Thanksgiving for forever and ever. <laughs> and um, uh, so I did the, the production coordinating for, oh my gosh, maybe 18 years. And, and it, was, it was really good, and I was very grateful for the experience. But when I looked at it, I said to myself, you know, why did I get into this movie business? Why did I get into this industry to begin with? Because it was creative. And what happens to me is I, I'm kind of a, a split down the middle person in that half of me is creative and the, ha the other half of me is a very good administrator. And I always got pulled to that administrative part. So my dream after being a coordinator in the film business for many years, was to become a development executive. Um, or as they, they say, in New York, I was living in New York City at the time, and every studio had a book person. This was someone who went out and looked for books that would make good movies. And I thought, oh, my gosh, this would be a, a dream job. But it was a very, very difficult job to get because nobody wanted to give up their position. And... Um, so I was actually hired by RKO Pictures, which was bought by um, Dina Merrill, if you remember Dina. She was a, an actress. She bought yeah. RKO Pictures and hired me in my dream job, which I did for a few years. And it was wonderful experience, just wonderful. I got to meet all the agents, the book oh. agents in New York, take them to lunch. It was fabulous. Gosh, I wish I'd known you then. That would have been way fun. <laughs> but I could see that there's, I could see that there's some challenges in that, and I'm 
curious about why did you change careers when you became so successful in that one? Well, you know, <laughs> I moved to Santa Barbara. So I was um, from, from my trajectory and it was, you know, from New England, Boston, New York to L.A., and now I'm, I've been in Santa Barbara for about 20 years. So when I moved to Santa Barbara, um, there is no film industry here per se. Um, there are a lot of celebrities who live here, but there's no industry like Los Angeles. Um, so I thought to myself, what am I going to do now? <laughs> and I had just got my first little computer. And don't ask me where the thought came from. I have no idea. But I, it just flew into my mind, I can be a book editor. And so I went to the Santa Barbara phone book, and I looked up all the publishers. And I sent out my resume from my new little computer. And I got a call back in about five minutes from, wow. a, woman, <laughs> from a woman who um, published activity books for kids, basically. And... Um, uh, so I started there, and then I met, as I said, my mentor, Dan Pointer. And so that was I over. am going to have to, to interrupt you because we're coming up on a break. And when we come back, Gail, I'm sure my listeners are going to be fascinated to hear the rest of this story. And we okay. will be back in about a minute. Get your pen and paper ready. If there's a move in your near future, I'm here to tell you that the folks I used and now recommend is Around Town Movers. Timothy and the guys recently moved me, and I am and was totally satisfied with a sometimes not-so-fun experience moving. Call Timothy at 770-378-4708 and make it a good move and a good experience. Around Town Movers for that local or cross-country move. Timothy, Around Town Movers, in my opinion, are the best. That's Around Town Movers. Call them. Happy Oregon Homeownership is the result of a good working relationship between the home buyer and their realtor. Make buying your Oregon home a fun and rewarding experience. Get our free guide to happy Oregon homeownership. Act now. Limited availability. Free at realoregonhomes.com. That's realoregonhomes.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back, listeners, to Dr. Ann's Relationship Radio. We are your relationship mentors. So we are with Gail Kearns, and she was, before I interrupted her, she was telling us about this fascinating career in the movie industry and why she changed careers and how she became uh, involved with books. So, Gail, could you pick up where we left off? Sure. I was talking about, um, I think I, I was talking about Dan Pointer, my mentor, mm-hmm. who I can't say enough great things about. He unfortunately passed away a couple of years ago and uh, miss him very much. But um, Dan was very instrumental in getting my business off the ground. He had, he lived about 20 miles north of me here um, in Santa Barbara. And uh, four times a year he had a marketing seminar where there would be about 20, 
22 people coming from all over the United States with their projects, and um, I would he would invite me and others, um, editors, which I was one, um, and um, printers and and people like that to do their give their dog and pony show. So I would go up there, and it was always a wonderful event. Uh, met a lot of authors, and I usually walked away with two or three clients. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so he he over the years really helped build my business, and I was a self-taught copy editor. So I cannot tell you <laughs> um, what that was like, but if anyone out there knows that the Bible of a book editor is the Chicago Manual of Style. It's called CMOS. It is a huge tome. So the mm-hmm. first book that I ever copy edited, thank goodness the gentleman was Japanese. English was not his first language, and it was about golf, of which I know nothing. But <laughs> I, <laughs> I did edit the book, and it's sitting up here on my shelf, and I've actually never really had the courage to take it down and take a second look at it. But um, that was that was about twenty years ago. Um, so yeah. Well, you've come a long, long way since then. But how brave of you to change careers from one success to another? And so many of us, and often I say myself included, um, are stuck in there. And then I wanted to ask you too, kind of on that line, when we were discussing possible topics as a guest on this program, the subject of solutions for holiday changes resonated with you. And of all your areas of expertise, you selected one about making holiday changes and finding solutions for creating meaningful Christmases. And I find that so interesting. Would you enlighten us a little bit about this choice of topic? Because I could listen to you go on about the movie industry and the book industry forever. But you chose this one, so we're going to go with that. Um, Sure, Anne. Um, You know, um, probably like many of your listeners out there, I'm a baby boomer. So at Christmas time, you know, my, my, my father and my mother had gone through the Depression and I think that, you know, this would have been, I would have been young in 1950s. And um, I think that, um, you know, Christmas was a really important thing to my parents because they wanted to give us what they never had as children. Um, so we had a very, you know, mem- my, my Christmases as a child are very memorable um, we had um, always had the most beautiful Christmas tree, um, tons of presents under the tree, tons. And then my father was kind of a camera bug, and he had an old Bell & Howell camera, 16 millimeter. And this was um, every single Christmas we would come down the stairs, my sister and I, bleary-eyed and facing these incredible bright lights <laughs> because well, we you brought being... the movie you brought the movie industry or he did into your own house <laughs> that's right so we you know and and so then we would of course you know start unwrapping the gifts and all of that and 
um, bittersweet. My memories are bittersweet because later in life I realized that Christmas, my father, who was the jolly, jolly, ho-ho Santa, was probably not as jolly as we had perceived as children um, because my mother was um, a manic depressive woman and um, it was kind of a cyclical thing and it would start around her birthday she would get very depressed and that was in November and it would carry through through January so later in my life like in my 30s I think I realized you know my Christmases were not really all that jolly so those are really hard awakenings, I think. Mm-hmm. And I was going to ask you, as I was listening to you, Gail, what are the worst and best memories of your Christmases? You said the lights, the camera, the action coming down the stairs with your sister, and then mm-hmm. uh, opening all the presents. But there have to be some best and some worst Christmas memories for you. Um, well, I think that my... The, well, the best part of it was, as a child, you know, coming down and seeing all those gifts under the tree. <laughs> um, um, the worst was just seeing my mom in a depressed state, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was That was difficult. And then eventually realizing that my dad was putting on a face for us kids during the holidays. Yeah. You know, um, mental health challenges, because that's my field of expertise, is they're really challenging for kids. And I hope that our listeners who are dealing with mental health challenges and take their medication because it really honestly helps much of the challenges that come with this various disorders. But, Gail, thinking back... What would you have liked to change about your Christmases? And I'm asking you this because we're going to build on it about how we can create Christmases or holiday events for ourselves now. What would you have liked to have changed? Well, that's a good question, Anne, and I'm not sure that I have the answer to it. Um, okay. I, I, I can't think of anything that I would have changed looking back as a child, because I was a child. Mm-hmm. It, they seemed idyllic. It wasn't until I was later in life that I started to think about how I was going to... I mean, I would run myself ragged trying to recreate these um, childhood Christmases um, in my adult years, you know, running out, wow. getting the tree, getting gifts, buying gifts for everybody. I just ran myself ragged until that realization came that maybe those Christmases were not as idyllic as I have had thought. Well, you bring up such an important point. And for some of us, there's such a dichotomy between all the cheer that goes on in the stores and at school and at work and what goes on in one's house. And I'm wondering if you could comment on that. What goes on in my house today? Um, well, no, as children, you know, um, we, we go to, we say to ourselves, oh, well, Christmas is coming. And then for some of us, maybe it doesn't turn to, out to be the jolly thing that we think it is, or maybe 
the jolly, the jolliness of it, I'll say, um, isn't isn't real as we look back. Could you comment on on coming to terms with that dichotomy, like you came from an idyllic Christmas, and then looking back on it, it wasn't so much as you thought it was. Right, right. Um, you know, I at at a certain point, I think I had to make some changes. I just had to look at Christmas differently. Um, I had to look at it differently. I had to, I had to plan my Christmases differently. I mean, my my true dream here is that at some point in my life, I'm going to go away between Christmas and New Year's and not be around. <laughs> I'm going to take I a love trip. That idea. Yes, I love it too. I, I do. I hope you get to do that. Um, so yeah. I want to go back to this other thing though because. I want to, thinking back as on your childhood, and I'll think back on mine at the same time. Often, what goes on in our homes at the holidays seems normal, and you just said that you spent many years trying to recreate those and getting the tree and doing everything that happened in your house. And when did you realize that what went on in your house during Christmas was, let's see, what do I call it? I'll call it a holiday mask. I like that word, actually, the, mm-hmm. that concept, a holiday mask. And by that I mean that the Yuletide happiness isn't simply an extension of a basic shared family contentment. Instead, the holidays are a contradiction to the family norm. Did that happen for you? Um, yes, and um, probably when I was in my 30s, I, I kind ah. of realized that yeah, this this just wasn't working for me anymore. Um, trying to recreate those old Christmases of old um, when I was a child. Um, well, so I don't. We're going to come up. Go ahead. You know, so I don't. I don't just. I just don't do that anymore, Anne. It's it's just not an interest I have um, to recreate Christmas like it used to be. Well, um, we're coming up on a break, but quickly, how did you deal with this insight? Because so many of us go down with the insights that what we lived really wasn't accurate. It was actually very freeing for me. I felt liberated. Uh, I felt liberated. Okay, well, I think that's pretty important for those of us who feel stuck. What does liberation from your your traditions look like for you and can you remember your high childhood dream of a perfect Christmas I thought I had the perfect Christmas (laughs) (laughs) and then did you crash when you discovered that you really didn't no again you know it was it was a pretty solemn moment but again I felt just completely liberated. I don't have to be running around like a chicken without a head, you know, um, buying presents, wrapping gifts. Um, you freed yourself. Freedom. I freed my, yeah, it was, it, was, it was freedom for me. Well, freedom on the mind. We are going to have to take a break. And listeners, we will return shortly with Gail Kern. 45 years of experience is behind the most trusted name in auto transportation. Passport Transport, the first and finest today. 
That's why Passport Transport is the preferred auto transport for major auto manufacturers, concourse, museums, tours, and collectors, and should be your choice from across the state to across the country. When you have the need, go to PassportTransport.com and enjoy the peace of mind referenced experience will give you. Passport Transport. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, you probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one, can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. Happy Oregon homeownership is the result of a good working relationship between the home buyer and their realtor. Make buying your Oregon home a fun and rewarding experience. Get our free guide to happy Oregon homeownership. Act now. Limited availability. Free at realoregonhomes.com. That's realoregonhomes.com. Get your pen and paper ready. If there's a move in your near future, I'm here to tell you that the folks I used and now recommend is around town movers. Timothy and the guys recently moved me, and I am and was totally satisfied with a sometimes not-so-fun experience moving. Call Timothy at 770-378-4708 and make it a good move and a good experience. Around town movers for that local or cross-country move, Timothy Around Town Movers, in my opinion, are the best. That's Around Town Movers. Call them. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Listeners, welcome back. This is Dr. Ann's Relationship Radio, and I am here talking about Christmas changes with Gail Kearns. The book Sherpa. So, Gail, I think it's so important for us to ask our children what would bring them happiness over the Christmas holidays. Seems like we get into robot mode. We do the same thing over and over. But the question about what would make them happy can foster an important relationship moment. It gives us a chance to listen to our kids' dreams and wishes and an opportunity to share some of our happy holiday memories with them. But in having this conversation, we adults need to remember that kids aren't usually interested in our adult reminiscences. So keep it short. Keep it like less than a minute because, honestly, kids don't care that much. It's more of a listening and redirecting opportunity for us, and it's an opportunity to open our children to the idea that the holidays aren't always just about getting gifts. And I think in our culture, it's come down to that, like, oh, how many gifts can I get? 
Did your parents ever discuss the meaning of Christmas with you and your siblings? Yes, um, they did, and we, you know, we always went to church on Christmas, so we had, um, you know, we had the core values that come with all of that. Um, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm racking my mind here trying to um, remember some of the uh, things that we did that weren't just unwrapping presents because that's kind of foremost in my mind. However, um, that's really what happened for you. That's what it was about. And there was, you know, that was the meaning of it. Yeah. And the time to, before we came down the stairs with those bright lights in our eyes, we knew where my mother had wrapped the presents and hidden them. We knew where they were hidden. And so part of our, I guess, kids play was to find those presents and to shake them we wouldn't dare unwrap them to look at them but we would shake them we, they would have our names on them and we would shake them my sister and i would shake the, the boxes and we'd, we'd try to guess what was inside you know that's that's kind of a fun memory for me well here's a lame joke i'm going to make did you play Elvis Presley song, a whole lot of shaking going on. Or actually, I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't know. That just lame thing popped into my mind. <laughs> no, no, I don't remember that. We were pretty young. I don't know if he was around yet. But um, okay. And the other thing that that um, uh, that my dad was uh, not good at was putting things together. So if you re- if you recall your childhood, you might remember that you might have gotten gifts that had to be put together. It was, was always a moan. Yeah. Oh, God, this needs to be put together. I know. I know. He he was not good at that. Um, but we, we, we had to bear with him. And um, <laughs> the other thing he would always say to us was, you know, if you're not good kids, I'm going to put a piece of coal in your stocking. Mm. Now that harked back now it was it was kind of a mean-spirited thing when i look back at it but it harked back to his own childhood and things that he told us kids that during the depression they didn't have heat in their house and they had to go and steal coal out of the coal yard oh so i never knew where that came from yeah yeah well i thought it was about being bad too but you bring up such a critical point, so here it is. Um, I hope I can articulate it well enough so we all understand what I'm trying to impart. When in the present, in, in our present right now, so many times we try to make up for what we didn't get in the past, and we can never do that. We have to like get therapy for that or get ourselves through that. We can't make up for our own losses in present times by giving our kids tons of of presents to make up for the fact that we didn't get them. So our kids and you had a very different reality about the holidays than your dad and his history. Is that true? Correct. Yes, very true. Yeah, and I remember you telling me that you no longer celebrate Christmas. 
And have you given your past experiences with the holidays and the unhappy memories of Christmases past the power to taint how you view the end of the year holidays now? Well, I um, one of the things that I do is I get in the car and I drive around neighborhoods in Santa Barbara and look at all the beautiful houses all lit up. With I mean, there's some incredible houses here that are lit up for Christmas. They have decorations on the, the, the trees outside their house. You can see the trees inside the house. And that gives me a lot of pleasure. I love that, that you treat yourself by driving around and looking at how other people are celebrating by illuminating their houses and putting up Santa decorations or, or whatever they put up. That is really thinking out of the box. Anything mm-hmm. else that you do that you yes. can think of? Mm-hmm. I usually have the neighbors over for a little party. Um, many of us, um, you know, don't have family um, or aren't able to get to our families at Christmas time. So I, I sometime between Christmas and New Year's, I'll have all the neighbors over who are, who are in town, and uh, we, we'll sit around and and talk and catch up with each other's lives. And I, I find that um, very satisfying. So you, you give. Yes. You give mm-hmm. to others. You give pleasure to others. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, how do you make it pleasurable for yourself on that day? Are you with family? What do you do? Well, it, it, it varies year to year. I don't really make plans. Um, I have a brother who lives in North Carolina, and so, you know, I've been invited there. Um, This year, I'm actually going to go down to Los Angeles for Christmas Eve and Christmas Day and spend time with a friend of mine that has been friends for over 40 years. Um, We we met in New York, and, and she was in the film business, as I was, and so that's what I'm going to do this year. So you allow yourself, if I'm hearing you correctly, to be open to various experiences and to create a new thing every year. Is that right? I try to do that. I really do. Um, It's kind of the way I've lived my life, and so it kind of fits like a soft shoe. You know, I've never really planned anything in terms of my career. So when I talk about being in the film business and then starting my my um, editing business and now being a book Sherpa, none of this has ever been planned for me. This is always like um, I it, it, I come to a crossroad in my life and I can go right or I can go left or I can do this or I can do that. And so I've always kind of, if you want, fallen into my life and what I've done. Wow. But it seems like you consciously deal with the Christmas realities um, in the present. Is that, would that be true? Yes, yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm so admiring that because, again, so many of us, and I, I'm guilty of this, we do everything or try to recreate what we did in the past with our own kids, and then our kids grow up and move away, and then what do we do? So I'm I'm curious about how other families, not just yours and mine, deal with that. And and listeners, if you have any questions or comments about this, 
write them. We'd be thrilled to have them, and we'll get, try to get to them next week. So given your past, Gail, let's discuss today's topic, solutions for holiday changes. And you've given us some already. But looking back, what are the family of origin traditions that you would have wanted to change? Um, well, while you're thinking of that, I want to say um, many of us just can't articulate what we would have liked to have changed in our our family of origin memories. And we don't have a voice when we're little kids, and we don't have the brain capability to say, hey, I want to change this. But looking back, what would you have liked to have changed? Well, I would have liked to see my mother in a happier state, for one, oh. during the holiday season. Yeah, I would have liked so, that. Let's imagine Gail as a little child looking at her mom and just wishing her mom had been different. Is that kind of like what it was? Yes, I would. I would say that. Mm-hmm. And yep. and so as a little child, what you were facing was the unchangeable. You had no power over that. I had none whatsoever. Did Did you ever try to like? make your mom happier or or find a solution for that? Well, I'm sure we did. And as I, I said, my dad really kept up that face, that mask, the jolly ho-ho man, you know, the uh, good old St. Nick. Um, he he did. I'm <laughs> On a lighter note, Anne, <laughs> there is a memory that I'm remembering now that um, <laughs> I would uh, like to share and that is that my dad would always have these, and especially around this time of year, he would have what he called these tete-a-tetes with my mom. And oh. so, yeah, so we um, we children were given, you know, our meal, hot dogs or whatever it was, and put to bed. And then my dad would start up the fire in the fireplace, and he would make shrimp cocktail, and he would have nice big juicy steaks frying on the in the fireplace for him and my mom and he would call them that you know they were having their tete-a-tetes um <laughs> somewhere along the way um we went to visit my grandmother probably around a thanksgiving and um, on the way back we stopped at a restaurant and the waitress came over and said what would you like and it was an Italian restaurant, so my dad said, well, he's having meatballs and spaghetti, and my mother said she's having the same. And she looked at me, and I must have been six years old, and I said, well, I'd like a shrimp cocktail and a steak, please. <laughs> <laughs> Just so typical of children trying to copy exactly what the adults do. Right. Did you get your shrimp cocktail? I did. I did indeed. Uh-huh. And the funniest part about this whole memory is that my father had forgotten his wallet in the car. Uh-huh. And so I think the the waitress thought we were going to bolt out of there and not pay. Oh, my God. So, well, we're going to have to take a break in the middle of your story. And listeners, we're going to come right back with Gail Kearns publisher, author, ghostwriter, and I can't name them all. We will be right back with you. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, 
You probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. Whether cruising the Strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. 45 years of experience is behind the most trusted name in auto transportation. Passport Transport, the first and finest today. That's why Passport Transport is the preferred auto transport for major auto manufacturers, concours, museums, tours, and collectors, and should be your choice from across the state to across the country. When you have the need, go to PassportTransport.com and enjoy the peace of mind referenced experience will give you. Passport Transport. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back, listeners. We are talking to Bookshirt Gail Kearns from Santa Barbara, California, and she left us with steak and shrimp dinner. And um, I was wondering, Gail, um, how did you go about making the changes in your holidays from this idyllic childhood back to um, what you do now? How did you go about a realizing it and b making the changes? Well, it was kind of a, a letting go process, um, and it didn't happen all at once. So you know, and like I said, running around and getting the tree was so. My trees got smaller, perhaps. <laughs> um, sometimes I would like put the tree outside. Sometimes I would I would buy a living tree, and then donate it afterwards to the city. Um, so th- there was just like little things that I did that were kind of a gradual process of, of letting go and letting go of giving gifts. I mean, even our family. You know, every year we always gave each other gifts until one year, and this was probably in recent times, one of my sisters said to the rest of us, let's not do this anymore. Let's just call each other on the phone, um, wish each other a Merry Christmas, talk about how the family's doing. Um, Because gift-giving has gotten to be not the most important thing, which is interesting. Yeah. Uh, so you're giving each other the gift of time. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I was at the mall the other day, and oh my God, it's just exhausting to go there. People are frantic. And then I was in a, a led a therapy group last night, and I had so many people in my therapy group say, 
I haven't started Christmas shopping. I'm going to do it on Christmas Eve. And oh. I said, yeah. I said, well, what are you going to get? I don't know. I'll find, I'll know it when I find it. And oh. I, I, asked, I asked my patients, well, does that stress you out? So one person said, oh, my gosh, it stresses me out beyond belief. And the other person said, in a very calm way, no, it doesn't stress me out at all. Um, I know what my wife likes, and I know where to find it. So there's different ways of approaching this. But giving the gift of time, um, I think, is so important in, in our culture and in, in our busy day life. We tend to ignore that that's a gift. Do you have any thoughts about that? It is definitely a gift, and... Um you know, even even when I was young, I remember um, the the part of giving um, as well as getting. Um, we had um, my father had a very close friend who was a judge, and he was a single man. And then he had a sister, Rose, and you know, Rose was what we would call in those days a spinster, and mm-hmm. so somehow Rose showed ended up being part of our Christmas every year. Uh-huh. And I can remember her rocking in the rocking chair, holding us kids on her lap, and she was just a, a wonderful, warm presence for us. That's so, so generous of you, because I have similar memories, but not with the generosity that you just explained. My memory is, my mom used to invite all the people in the neighborhood who had nowhere to go on Christmas, and they were all at least uh, in their late 70s approaching 80. And so here I am as a maybe six- or seven-year-old thinking, why am I spending Christmas with all these folks that I don't really know who are so decrepit? I didn't have that vocabulary word, but that's what I meant. And this is not fun for me. But my mom was giving a gift of time and giving a gift of people who really had nowhere else to go on that special day. So Mm -hmm. uh, it's interesting thinking back about my mother's intent and my child's viewpoint of it. Well, exactly. Yeah. So I think, you know, the Santa stuff and all that is is for kids. And I, I wonder what it would be like looking back at my own life to to have conferred more with my children about what would have made it fun and what would it have been like for my mom to ask the question, how can we make this a happy day for you and, and the adults too? Kids are mm-hmm. so creative. Mm-hmm. Are, are you content with the changes you've made in your life today? Yes, I am very content. I am, yeah. So you don't look back and, and um, you know, mourn the past and anything like that? No, no. I've, as I said, I kind of completely let go of all of that. Um, and I'm always open to new experiences. And as I said, I'd love to take a trip between Christmas and New Year's someday and um, not even be here for that, you know, just be somewhere Ooh, else wow. in, some, in someone else's culture for example. Um, Where would you like to go? Well, 
you know me and you know how I love nature and you know I'm mm-hmm. a camper and I have a camping mm-hmm. cookbook out there. So yes. I think, you know, um, my first uh, impulse would be to get into my road truck, my camper van, and head up mm-hmm. to Big Sur because that is my happy place. And it has been for many years now. Um, well, and and I'll just be really nosy for our listeners. And what keeps you from doing that, Gail? <laughs> um, this year, um, just the fact that, um, you know, I've, gone, I've made other plans to go down to Los Angeles. Otherwise, I think I would be doing what I just said. But were I to get on a plane and go to go somewhere else, like uh, out of my comfort zone, perhaps, mm-hmm. I would probably choose to go to someplace like Sweden. Oh, and any reason for that? Well, I do have very good friends who live in Sweden. Um, I've been there once, um, and I loved it, and it's a place that I've always kind of wanted to revisit. Um, And I can only imagine what it must be like at Christmas, because being from the East Coast, I'm used to white Christmas. That's the other thing about Christmas for me as a child, was the, the happiest memories have to do with that the icicles hanging from the roof, um, the snow piling up on the on the on the wind the ledge of the window in our bedroom. Um, my mother always like kept a crack of a window open even in the even in the middle of winter, and so I could wake up and just run my finger out there and taste snow. I just think that's a lovely memory because I grew up in California. I'm an eighth-generation Californian. I don't have that experience, but mm-hmm. I love to hear about it. And, you know, all the Christmas books, or most of them, have the snow and Santa, but that wasn't my reality. And and now you have the green or brown hills of Santa Barbara, depending on how much rain you get. Um, and it sounds like you missed that a little bit. I do miss that. I do miss that's that's one part of Christmas that I miss is the snow. Um, I have a sister who lives in New Hampshire, and mm-hmm. so I've I've gone back at Christmas time, and you know it's always been a white Christmas. It's fabulous. Yeah. Well, Gail, I want to thank you so much for being today's honored guest, and you've given us so many ideas about solutions for holiday changes. And I want to thank you for sharing how you've over some unhappy realizations, or maybe unhappy is not the right word, but ways that you want to change things. And you've created a holiday just the way you want it to be, right? Yes, I have, and it's been a pleasure being on your show, Anne. Oh, well, that's really kind. I want you to let our listeners know how to contact you if they need any of your services. And before you answer that question, Gail, I'd like you to review with us what services you provide, because there's a long list. Oh, as a book Sherpa, yes. Um, my company is called To Press and Beyond, and that's all spelled out, T-O-P-R-E-S-S-A-N-D-B-E-Y-O-N-D.com. Um, and it's um, really, we do editing. Um, we oversee production of books. So that um, if you hire us for that service, you'll have a book that comes off the press like it came off of the press of Random House or any big house because we are all about um, uh, 
producing a quality product, if you will. And then phone. Okay, go ahead. No, and then as an extension to that, we do marketing and PR for our clients. And um, so you can you can go on the website to pressandbeyond.com, and there's a form that can be filled out, and um, we'll be back in touch. Or you can call me at 805-898-2263. Well, Gail, it's been a joy to have you, and I'm going to summarize what we've kind of gone over today. So I guess we could say whatever it is about your Christmas holiday that you don't like, or find the anxiety evoking, work on finding a solution. And if you don't want to host holiday dinners, make a change. And if you don't want to exchange gifts, like Gail and her family, make a change. If you want to spend the day quietly alone, make that happen. If you're going through a divorce, create an interesting day for yourself. For those of us who are grieving a loss, devote a small amount of time to memories and then get yourself out of the house. And maybe giving back is fulfilling. For those of us with geriatric patients, or patients, parents, I'm in the patient mode, with geriatric parents, for those of us with little children, we do have some obligations and that's just simply a fact. But that doesn't mean that we can't make some changes. And I'll give you an example, and we're time limited here, but Gift-giving in the morning took all the joy out of, of Christmas for one person I had, and it was just too much. So she kind of did what you, you and your family did, Gail. She ended that and made Christmas the way she wanted. Remember, listeners, only you can make your world to be the way you want it. And until next week, this is Dr. Ann wishing you a peaceful and fulfilling holiday. Get your pen and paper ready. If there's a move in your near future, I'm here to tell you that the folks I used and now recommend is Around Town Movers. Timothy and the guys recently moved me, and I am and was totally satisfied with a sometimes not-so-fun experience moving. Call Timothy at 770-378-4708 and make it a good move and a good experience. Around Town Movers for that local or cross-country move. Timothy, Around Town Movers, in my opinion, are the best. That's Around Town Movers. Call them. Hello, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Have you ever wondered what doctors talk about amongst themselves? If you do, join us on the Doctor's Lounge and hear the doctor's conversations amongst themselves. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. Hello, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Have you ever wondered what doctors talk about amongst themselves? If you do, join us on the Doctor's Lounge and hear the doctor's conversations amongst themselves. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. Happy Oregon homeownership is the result of a good working relationship between the home buyer and their realtor. Make buying your Oregon home a fun and rewarding experience. Get our free guide to happy Oregon homeownership. Act now. Limited availability. Free at realoregonhomes.com. That's realoregonhomes.com. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom 
and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Local or cross-country move.